welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast with Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg. Welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast. This is Pastor Greg. I'm here with Pastor Brad, and we have uh, a first ever guest, the first ever guest on the Bad Preaching Podcast. What do you think about that, Pastor Brad? I'm pretty excited to see how it goes. Uh, I'm pretty excited to have our first victim, I mean volunteer, (laughs) uh, with us here in the studio. So um, without further ado, missionary Wayne Wozniak, and um, we want him to start off. He's going to share with you guys. He has roots here in Charlottesville. So welcome, Wayne, to the Bad Preaching Podcast. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm a bad missionary, so it fits perfect. (laughs) Bad preachers with a bad missionary. So we have it it going on today. (laughs) So I thought it was neat that maybe we'd start talking about, uh, we want to hear your call to the mission field, but first, you you have roots in Charlottesville. Yes, I served as associate pastor at Covenant Church for four or five years, and then we planted a Hispanic church. It was kind of like a daughter church of Covenant. Love and, and we, life? And we were Lucy Vida, uh-huh. uh, which is light in life, yeah. Okay, that was and, close. Uh, we used to light get mail all the time, uh, Senor Iglesias, or Mr. Iglesias, and Lucy Vida. That <laughs> 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 um, we the Hispanic church, and so we were here a total of nine years. Nine years, wow, wow. So describe your call then to the mission field. Well, I was actually called to the mission field because of my low self-esteem. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, when I became a Christian at age 19, I almost immediately felt the Lord calling me into ministry. So I went to Lee. My pastor encouraged me to go to Lee. Got saved in August. I got saved in February. I was at Lee in August. Can I stop you for a second? Did you tell me one time you were agnostic at best or an atheist before your conversion? I was I was an atheist. I was Catholic turned atheist for okay. my, my last couple of years of high school, my first two years of college. But I really wasn't a diehard atheist because there were times during that period that I was afraid of going to hell because of my Catholic upbringing. Okay, and that kind of disqualifies you <laughs> as a true atheist, right? <laughs> So you were a bad atheist, and now you're a bad missionary. Okay, right, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the bad preaching on the bad <laughs> preaching podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I went to Lee, and my very first day there, my academic advisor Jerome Boone hmm. he asked me what type of ministry I wanted to go into, and I was like, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, Lee offers four different degrees. It's a lot more now, but at that time, there were four different ministry degrees. There was one for pastoral ministries." one for Christian education, one for a worship ministry or music ministry, and then missionary. And I was very academically challenged at the time. And uh, so I was nervous about being there. And I just real quick went in my head thinking, hmm, pastoral ministries, you probably got to be really smart to do that. I crossed that off, better cross that <laughs> off the list. Christian education, I didn't even know what that was, but it sounded super complicated. Let's cross that cross off that. the list. <laughs> and then music ministry, I'm not at all... Uh, I can't sing or play any instruments. So I'm like cross that off the list. So the only thing left back on left on the list was missions. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, how about that? Hmm, you probably don't have to be that smart to be a missionary. I could probably do that. <laughs> so I told Brother Boone, uh, sign me up for missions. And so he had me taking all these missions classes. And with each missions class, my burden and passion for missions grew. Wow. And wow. then I was encouraged by Dr. Elliot, the missions teacher, to join the missions club, which was a club that we 
met and talked about missions and shared visions and, and prayed for missionaries. And Phyllis was in that club. And, and I mean, you think she's pretty now in her sixties, you should have seen her when she was in her twenties. She was like drop dead gorgeous. And, uh, but she was so committed. She felt called to be a missionary and very committed. She didn't want to get sidetracked. So she wouldn't even date anybody unless wow. they were a missionary. Wow. And, wow. uh, and so I was like, that, that confirmed my call. That there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And that was Lee University. That was Lee University. University. And now, forty years later, I'm still still wonder sometimes it was if it was the Lord who called me or Phyllis. <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe both. <laughs> Maybe both. That's great. That's great. And then when you guys were here in Charlottesville, very settled, and you were pastoring the church, and Phyllis was teaching Spanish, English. She was teaching Spanish at. at she started off in uh, Nelson County and then moved to Albemarle High. And she was also a track coach, uh, which she enjoyed. And then we were pastoring the churches. We had been missionaries in the Dominican Republic for seven years prior to coming. Oh, to that's right. That was prior to Charlottesville. Yeah. Okay. And then yes. uh, she was actually there eight years because she was there a year before I was. And uh, that was kind of a recipe for disaster because we were newly married. And went off to the mission field just two and a half months into our marriage. Wow. And learning a new language, learning a new culture. Mm. Um, it's a lot it, of stress. It, it, it was tough for us. So we be, we came to Charlottesville to kind of get renewed and refreshed and mm-hmm. uh, did a master's degree at Liberty while I was here. And uh, and then I was working for A&M when we planted the Hispanic church. We, I needed some supplemental income, so I started working at A&M. And... Uh, and and then they invited me to go on a short-term missions trip to South America. And it was like almost immediately. I mean, the plane landed at 5 o'clock in the morning. And before I went to bed that night, I felt the burden to, man, that God was calling us back to the mission field. Wow. Wow. So that was a pivotal day. It, it was. Huge. A&M is Advancing Native Missions, for those listening that may not know, down in, what, Afton? In, right. Uh, or near Crozet or Afton. Right. So um, that's awesome. And you had a young family when you guys moved back to South America. Yep. Our oldest daughter, Maritza, was 14. Sheena was 13. And uh, we were kind of concerned about that. And when I was in Peru and felt the Lord calling me to go to Peru, I remember uh, I had a team with me uh, that that they were encouraging me and praying with me. And, I, and they helped me come up with a list of all these reasons why my boy, my, it would be beneficial for my daughters to go to the mission field. And we were praying about it and all. And, and I was wow. thinking that's going to be the hardest obstacle. And, and Phyllis started pre- preparing them. You know, your dad's feeling a call into missions when he gets here. Don't be surprised if he tells you we're going to be going to Peru. So when I got home and I called the family meeting, I got my list out and told the girls, wow. I really feel the Lord's calling us to Peru. And they're like, when are we leaving? When are we leaving? So I didn't, oh, even, wow. have to, I didn't even have to use the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And the Lord was faithful to your family and to your children. Very much. I, I in know fact, in ministry ask, with children, it's important to take care of your family, isn't it? Exactly. And if you asked either one of my daughters, they would both tell you that the best decision that we ever made was to go to Peru because wow. it really just wow. impacted their lives. And uh, they're both still they're cross-culturally married. One of them married a guy wow. from Nepal. One of them married a guy, a guy from Mexico. Maritza's attending a, a Hispanic congregation. And, and uh, so they... they remember very fondly their time on the mission field. That, that's great. God is, God is faithful. And for any pastor or minister that's out listening or even a missionary that's listening, uh, and if the Lord is, is transitioning you, just know He's faithful to you, your calling, and to your family. And He will take care of your children. And I've, I've lived through that at some level too of relocating with children. 
But God is faithful. He's faithful. To end this first segment, we have about two minutes, uh, Missionary Wayne. And um, I was with you in Colombia. And I thought it might be great. Maybe should I? I would love to give the listeners like some tips on playing cards. Because when you and I were together uh, in Colombia for what, about 12 days, uh, a lot of the evenings we would play cards. You, ha you have about a minute and a half. Would you like to tell the, the folks how they could learn from me and, and playing cards? I don't remember the name of the card game. Basically, my advice would be to, <laughs> to watch Pastor Greg very closely, and whatever he does, do the opposite, <laughs> and you'll do very well. <laughs> Pastor Brad, I was telling you about it uh, yeah. the other day. Basically, um, I would put a card down, and, and Wayne would like put his finger on the card and say, ah, you might not want to play that one. And finally, he did that so many times, he was like, okay. I've helped you enough. I'm not going to help you anymore. <laughs> so I guess maybe that's consoling to the parishioners who are listening. Their pastor is not a good card player. So, um, But I enjoyed that trip with, with you so very much in Columbia and to see you interact with the people. And I told Pastor Brad this. Uh, Brad, it was like um, Wayne is kind of like their Apostle Paul. Mm. A little bit when he shows up at the churches, you know, the people just love him. The children adore him. And um, there's a young lady that that you and your wife had treated really like a daughter who came a couple of times and spent time with us while I was there. Uh, but just to see that interaction and the difference that he's making and the personal touch, and how he loves those people and the people love him. And, and we saw that everywhere. Uh, Pastor Brad, you want to take us out to break on the Bad Preaching Podcast? We have 10 seconds there. Definitely can. I think it's just great to see the ministry that you're doing. I think all of this really shows just how called you really are from the beginning all the way to what we're doing right now. So thank you for being with us. We'll be right back. Bad Preaching Podcast. Hi, this is Josie. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Bad Preaching Podcast. Please join Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg each week and enjoy the discussion. Find our weekly sermons on Facebook or YouTube. Just search Nortonsville Church of God or visit our website for a podcast recording of each sermon at nortonsvillecog.com. Welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast. You're here with me and Pastor Greg and our friend Wayne, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his connection to Nortonsville and how deep those roots run. So, Pastor Wayne, do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Well, while I was serving as pastor in Charlottesville, because I'm a former atheist, I have a strong interest in apologetics and particularly creation science. And so somehow or another, I don't even remember Thurman Collier, who was on staff at that time, mm. him and I got connected probably at a district meeting somewhere. And he found out that I was in the creation science. And so he had me come to the church several times and do presentations on on creationism, on the fossil record, on dinosaurs. And so that's kind of how I got connected to the church, which really helped me. I didn't realize that God was preparing things, orchestrating things like he does. And so then when we felt the Lord calling us to the mission field, I already knew Pastor Ellison. I contacted him and told him, Phyllis and I are going to be resigning our church and we're going to South America. Can we, can we come and, uh, and raise support? And, and he invited us to do that. And then the church has been connected with us. It's been 23 years now, this, wow. this month, 23 years that the church has been sponsoring us. And I come pretty much every year or every other year to, to share uh, an update on what we're doing. 
23 years. Wow, Brad and I are only 23 years old. So that, <laughs> is, that is pretty amazing right there. So was Nortonsville the first church you came to? Or one of the very first, I it guess. It was one of the first ones one I came to. One of the first I, I was the, thinking it was close. The first one I went to was Gordonsville. Okay. Uh, and it was kind of special being there last Sunday. I was there and, and being able to reminisce at while you were the first, first church. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Nortonsville was was one of the first ones. One of the first ones. Um, and one of the few that have been sponsoring us for the whole time that we've been there. Wow. wow. That's great. That is great. Well, we have some time to um, allow you to share a story. From the mission field. Okay. Probably one of my favorite stories from the mission field is the story of Esteban Vargas. Uh, Esteban Vargas is a pastor in in Lima. And I remember the first time I preached at his church, afterwards they took me to the to the parsonage to share a meal and and while we're while we're eating, the wife, Maria Vargas, she tells me that she is a widow. And I was like, oh, and I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And kind of felt uncomfortable. Like, why is she telling me this? And and she said, well, I'm not. And she said, my first husband, he was a complete loser. He was a drunkard. He was abusive. He would beat me and the children. Uh, He would uh, waste all of his money on alcohol, never bought us nice things. He'd lock us out of the house and, uh, and I'm so glad he died. And now my second husband, he takes good care of me. He loves me. He buys us nice things. He's an excellent father and he's a pastor. And I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, that's an interesting story, but I think you might need some therapy to get over this first husband of yours because it <laughs> seems like you're carrying a root of bitterness. <laughs> but I come to find out she was talking about the same person oh. that her first husband died when he became a Christian. Oh, wow. And, and, and now he's a new man in Christ. And, uh, so I really got connected with that family. They ended up having two children that studied at our Bible college that are in ministry today. And, uh, we helped them to build a church there. Um, and it was just kind of cool how hearing some of the stories, of how the Lord provided for him. He told me one time that, uh, that he was in, he would, just recently in ministry and they were having a hard time making ends meet. And one morning his wife said, sweetheart, I don't have anything to make lunch and there's no food. There's no money. What do I do? And he said, well, you uh, set the table and get things ready. And we're going to pray that the Lord's going to provide. And he said that I remember thinking to myself, I know my dad lives in this neighborhood. I could easily go to my dad and say, dad, I need, I need you to help me out. We don't have any money for food. But he said, well, my Heavenly Father called me into ministry, and he's going to provide for me. So wow. he had his wife set the table, and they sat around the table, and they they prayed and said, Lord, we thank you for providing for us. We trust that you're going to provide. And when they finished the prayer, boom, a knock came on the door. And some of his members had a party the night before and had a bunch of food left over and brought it in. Brought it to them. And, and uh, wow. it was like, wow. So, Wow. That's fascinating. And when you think about his uh, testimony as shared by the wife. You think of that scripture, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. And I'm sure you were like set back a little bit at first when she started that story, but wow, what a testimony and what a way for her to word those things. And then the provision, my God shall provide all my need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Um, 
that sums up a whole lot right there. Just that one sermon, one yeah. sermon, one <laughs> one story, which could be a sermon. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. That is amazing. Well, we want to thank um, our missionary Wayne Wozniak for being on the Bad Preaching Podcast today. And um, only thing I'm disappointed in is that he didn't want to talk further about my card playing game. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my only my only disappointment. But I tell you what, uh, if 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 Wayne is willing, since he's here in the uh, United States with us right now. Um, would you come back and do another podcast with us and maybe share two or three stories with the listeners? I would enjoy that. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll send a, a check in the mail I'm, from some of our royalties, right? Brad? <laughs> oh, I haven't told Brad about the, the royalties that we're That's getting. brand new to me. Brand new on the Bad Preaching Podcast. Hey, thank you for listening. Bad Preaching Podcast. Thanks for listening today. Join us next week. Bad preaching <laughs> podcast. <laughs>